0: This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create positive change in the world every day by being a conscious consumer. I'm your host, Laura Alexander Wittig, founder of Brightly.eco, and I started this podcast a few years ago because I wanted a place to talk about the gray areas around sustainability and how being a conscious consumer can be challenging and confusing but it's totally doable. So join me in the name of reducing waste and living positively in the name of the planet. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDIC. Hey, Good Together listeners. I am so excited about this episode. I know I say that every time, um, but this is a topic that I think everybody is going to find fascinating whether or not you might read the title or not think that, right? (laughs) So today um, I'm super excited to welcome Alden Wicker. Um, She's an award-winning journalist and the author of the upcoming book To Die For, How Toxic Fashion Is Making Us Sick. Um, And what we're going to talk about today specifically is one of the most widely used plastics in the world called PVC. Um, And, you know, Alden's book covers a variety of different, um, you know, uh, materials and, um, things that make up our fashion. But for me, PVC was one that was really important to like give its own episode to, because it is so prevalent in so many different things in our life. But, um, before we get into it, um, Alden, I'd love to just have you introduce yourself, um, and let the, let the audience know a little bit more about you and your background.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Laura. Um, I'm very excited to be back on the podcast with you yes. after several <laughs> years. Um, yeah, so I am an independent journalist. I write for lots of different publications from Vogue to the New York Times, Wired, Fox, all those types of places. Um, I often write about sustainability and especially sustainable fashion. And you mentioned my forthcoming book. So, That book is just focused on toxic chemicals in our fashion products, and they're linked to a variety of uh, different chronic illnesses, um, such as eczema, other skin issues, allergies, autoimmune disease, infertility, reproductive disorders, um, and some types of cancer as well.
0: Yeah, and I mean... and. You know, I really, to me, the 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 book title is very clever. Like, I love a good pun. Um, It's D-Y-E, do die for. <laughs> but I mean, the, the the fact that it's literally, it's called How Toxic Fashion is Making Us Sick. Um, You know, listeners, we don't like to be overly, like, fear-mongering or anything like that here on this podcast. But the thing that we want you to understand is... There are so many materials that we come into contact with on a daily basis that actually are making us sick. And one of the reasons I love Alden is because she is so fanatical about her research and her data that backs up what she says. Um, I think one of the things that drives both of us crazy is when we hear from people in the quote unquote wellness spaces, et cetera, like misusing the word toxic and just like doing a lot of sort of like woo woo accusations, because I think that takes away from these this really important conversation where it's like pvc actually is not good for you right
1: (laughs) no it's actually one of the most if not the most toxic uh plastic that is present in so many different consumer products including children's products so um it's it's not great and we can get into exactly why and a lot of the sort of behind the scenes shenanigans that have meant that, um, it's completely unrestricted, uh, in the United States.
0: Okay. So yeah, let's get into it. I mean, so first off, you know, what is PVC? Uh, That stands for polyvinyl chloride. Um, and it's a type of plastic that, you know, is, I mean, why don't you explain it all then? I mean, like I I have a general understanding, but you're going to be, you're going to do better at it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So PVC, um, polyvinyl chloride, uh, it was invented in 1926 and, um, It's the main ingredient is vinyl chloride, right? So if that sounds familiar to people, it's because that is the ingredient that was in the Ohio train derailment. Um, It's the chemical that they sort of released in this big uh, black plume. Um, And it's uh, so vinyl, polyvinyl chloride, PVC, is you take vinyl chloride, you add a solvent, and then you create this, this plastic um, that is used in all sorts of things. Um, and, uh, so you'll find it in, um, like shower curtains, raincoats, yes. pleather, like super cheap pleather fashion. Um, if you see clear shoes or shoes with like clear plastic straps, it's probably PVC. Um, you can also find it in like a lot of those like squishy plastic baby books. Um, oh gosh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Those things that babies put in their mouths—that's often PVC. Um, It's in. It's used for a lot of like uh, kids' backpacks, like clear, cartoony backpacks. um, Kids' shoes, adult shoes. um, Like the list goes on. Like if it's plastic and it's super cheap, um, it it could be PVC. Yeah, and you know one thing that's
0: interesting is when you said shower curtain, I just had this like visceral like scent memory of opening up a new plastic shower curtain and like that smell. And it doesn't smell good. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like your body is kind of naturally like, wait a second, like this is maybe not the best thing ever. And I, I just think it's interesting that, that this material has become so, um you know, persistent in, in almost all these products we're talking about. And when we think about like, you know, our, you mentioned a lot of um, fashion items and children's items, but I mean, Yoga mats, like, you know, Mm, constantly mm -hmm. used in in yoga mats, uh, you know, medical equipment, electrical cables, like, there's just a lot of stuff going on. And I think, um, you know, when we consider the impact that it's having both to our personal health and the environment, it just can't be, um, I think the impact cannot be understated. So, I mean, why don't we talk a little bit about like why PVC is so harmful for human health and the environment? And then maybe we can talk a little bit about like, like the rise of PVC and like when that kind of started?
1: Yeah. So why is PVC bad? Um, there's a couple reasons. One is vinyl chloride, which uh, I just talked about. So yeah. PVC, so there are some materials that use toxic chemicals to manufacture and then the chemical gone or it's like locked inside the material. But you talked about that new scent um, from, yeah, yeah I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So that is, what we call off gassing off gassing is when something releases, uh, like it releases volatile organic compounds, VOCs into the air, and then you're breathing them in. So like that is one very clear route from the, for a toxic chemical to get into your body, um, and cause harm. So that's one thing. And vinyl chloride is actually, it's, it's a super toxic substance. And if, um, have you heard about uh, super fund sites. So not super fun, no. but super fund sites. No, I have not. So super fund sites are named because in the eighties, the EPA created this super fund, this like big pot of money to help uh towns and States clean up toxic dump sites. Okay. And vinyl chloride is the most common super toxic chemical found in, all of these dump sites. So if you're in upstate New York or you're in North Carolina and like there's places that are like roped off. It could be because vinyl chloride is in the groundwater. It's in, you know, the earth, it's like off gassing. So it's it's extremely toxic. And we've known that it's been toxic for a long time. Um, but I'm gonna get back to that, um, to the history of it. And I want to talk about the other thing that's bad about PVC. So you need to add something to uh, PVC to make it not brittle. And that is uh, a plasticizer. And that plasticizer is usually phthalates. Phthalates okay. are endocrine disruptors, meaning they mess with your hormones. And endocrine disruptors, they're really nasty chemicals because they don't really follow that old rule, quote unquote rule. I use these scare quotes of the dose makes the poison. Right. Yeah. So like most things people are like, well, salt is bad and bad for you if you have too much of it. True. But like endocrine disruptors, it just takes like a tiny, tiny bit. Like I'm talking like a drop in an Olympic sized swimming pool bit to start like messing with all of these systems in your body that are controlled by hormones. Right. So yeah. um not just your reproductive system and fertility, but we're also talking like uh, growth, right. Like development stuff for children. Um, you have there's something called phthalate syndrome where, um, children born to, uh, mothers who have been exposed to a lot of phthalates, um, can have genital abnormalities, um, behavioral problems in children, um, you know, endocrine disruptors, like they can mess with your, uh, like, you know, if your hair falls out because you're anything that's related to thyroid stuff, yep. right? Um, also, like certain cancers, like breast cancer, um, your weight, right? Like if your weight's yep. fluctuating up and up or down, um, all of these different things that make up sort of a thriving, healthy life, like those are related to hormones. So you can see how devilish they are and how almost evil they can be when because just a little bit and like there's these cascading effects across the body um and so we don't we don't want phthalates in in around us touching us breathing them in going through our skin eating them we don't want them um around us now most um most of the what we've been talking about has been like phthalates in you know, food packaging and water bottles and, and things like that, because we don't want to ingest them. But again, yeah, you'll see that label,
0: you know, occasionally you'll see the label that's like phthalate free, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, so a couple things there. One is that, you know, again, it can off gas, so you could breathe it in. Um, or if you're wearing plastic fashion and getting all sweaty, your sweat can draw whatever's in that fashion out and then it gets in, into your skin and it can get into your bloodstream. So mm. that's the first thing. The second thing is, and of course, like it's worse for children, right? They have tiny bodies, you know, they're also like, they, they're they crawling around. They're putting their hands in their mouths all the time. Um, the other thing about that is that there's this thing called regrettable substitution. Okay. And it's when everybody starts talking about one type of thing. So like a certain type of phthalate. And um and then all of the uh brands and companies uh swing into action and say, oh, we're not using that anymore. Our our yep. products are this phthalate free. So um then they start, they start substituting it with another plasticizer. So there's like another plasticizer. The short name for it is Dinch. You don't want to hear the full name one of those chemical names, but it's, <laughs> yeah. they think it's just as toxic. So they just substitute it in. And um, because there's less research on it, they can say like, Oh, it's, it's fine. There's no evidence that it's bad for you. But often it's, it's, it's similar. It does similar things to the body to plastic. And so that's what regrettable substitution is. So it's kind of a scary world where if you pick up something that says, uh phthalate free it might have dinch in it which has been linked to other health effects in, especially in women so um yeah it's so if you have pvc it probably has a toxic plasticizer in it as well mm. yeah and i mean that that's one
0: of the things where so as i started to learn more about pvc um when i had my daughter um about a year and a half ago i started to think more and more about yeah the the types of things that we were coming into contact with um with her and, you know, PVC is so prevalent in children's items, like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And I started looking into this and sure enough, like there were, there were so many instances I felt like where PVC was still being used, but then like, they'd say, well, it's been tested. It's, you know, and how, is it called, how do you say it? Is it Ocotex? Ecotex? How do you say that Alden? Um, Ocotex. Ocotex. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I never f- know know how to say that, but, um, on, from an Ocotex perspective, it's been tested and there's no phthalates and all these things with this PVC. And I was kind of like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, so I guess, is there a version of PVC that can have, I mean, it sounds like it can have, you know, a different type of plasticizer in it that maybe doesn't have phthalates in it. But I'm like, yeah, I mean, so I guess the question to you is, as we talk about this a little bit, is like, is there a way to have like quote unquote safe PVC? I'm like scratching my head.
1: I don't think so. Um, There has been advocacy to ban PVC at all, like any type of PVC in children's products. Um, The the federal government in the United States has banned, or the CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, has banned phthalates from use in some children's products, not all children's products, but some children's products, um, but they still allow PVC. So, um, and the thing is, is like, from a practical perspective, um, nobody's testing every single shipment of children's products. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just not. So, um, y- you would have to, like, the Customs, customs and Border Patrol, or Protection... They're only testing children's products for some of these things like every few days. And if you think about the uh, just sheer amount of stuff coming into the United States, they're only testing large shipments and they'll only test uh, children's products for toxic chemicals if they're counterfeit. Mm-hmm. So right. if, yeah. if, you're, if, like, if a brand is a legitimate brand and not trying to imitate another brand, they'll just assume it's okay and let it through. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so many, you know, good and bad things going on with government regulations, but this is one where it's like, yes, thank you for, for doing the testing when possible, but it's not really happening. Like people think it is. Um, the other thing that I think is really important to understand, um, is, you know, from my perspective, I I hate it when I'm like told, okay, PV, we, we kind of like know PVC is bad, but then we've tested it all this time. And uh, to, to me, I'm just kind of like, Oh, it's just one of those confusing things for consumers where, you know, you might, you know, be told, well, PVC is really the best way to make this product. And it's like, I mean, no, it's not. It's
1: just probably no, the cheapest,
0: right? No, it's cheap. they,
1: yeah, it's just cheap. There's other, yeah. there are other plastics. There's polyurethane. Uh, yeah. Again, polyurethane's not perfect, but it's way better than PVC. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't off gas or smell the way PVC does. Um, yeah. Any plastic can still have hormone disrupting chemicals like BPA or phthalates in it. But um, if if you need to do plastic, um, a PET, polyester, or like the kind of clear, the number one plastic, if you're thinking about recycling, or number two plastic, those are better. um, And polyurethane is better than PVC. So no, I don't think there's a good reason to use PVC in in any products.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's, there's so many things that go into product development and a lot of times it's brands are approaching these suppliers overseas that are you know, making things the way they always have because it's cheaper, et cetera. And so I think it's it's really up to not only is it up, I would say, to the consumer to do maybe a little bit more research and support companies that are making things not using PVC, but I also think it's up to, you know, startup owners, brand owners, et cetera, to to start questioning this as well. Um, you know, one anecdote I'll share uh on this podcast is, you know, in addition to um being with Brightly and um hosting this podcast, I also started a side hustle um a few months ago. Um, it's called kind thing and it's mostly focused on eco-friendly or pajamas made of modal, which again, modal is not perfect, but we could we could do a whole episode on that. Um, but as I was trying to source different types of products other than pajamas, something that came up was, um, we talked about this, but they're, um, like jelly type sandals. Like those types of things are so popular for kids. I mean, like, they're cute and they, you know, you can hose them off. Like, I feel like, until you have a kid, you can't quite understand how messy they are. And it's just like, I need something that I can just quickly like hose off basically. So I started looking for some like cute jelly sandals for for my daughter, couldn't find them. And as a matter of fact, so then I was like, okay, maybe I'll go and start to produce some of these myself. And when I tell you, I contacted so many different manufacturers overseas, every single one of them, said oh these aren't made of pvc and then i'd like get on a call with their uh you know representative and like oh it's pvc and so to me i was so frustrated i was like i'm never gonna be able to find these but i did finally find a manufacturer um who is crafting these for me out of silicone and tpu which is a thermoplasticized rubber which again you know we could talk about like the pros and cons of these things, but it's not PVC. And when I yeah. um, got on the call with the manufacturer, uh, the the woman I was talking to, she goes, I I just was like, Look, I need to be five hundred percent sure that there's no PVC in these. And she literally looks at me and she goes, Well, of course it's there's no PVC. PVC is is not suitable for children's products. And I was like, Oh my god, queen. I'm talking to someone
1: who gets it. queen. <laughs> I Amazing. I mean, but yeah. I'm not surprised that so many yeah. manufacturers didn't understand what's in their own products. Yeah. A lot of menu. I mean I've visited I've visited manufacturers and um they often are just like getting barrels of chemical product uh and they they don't know what's in stuff either. And they just yeah. they'll tell you whatever you want to hear. And what's really scary about this is um is a lot of manufacturers you know there are brands that really care about their reputation, right? And I would say if parents are really worried about this and um and they cannot start their own company for every single product that they're <laughs> yes, for. they're not weirdos like me. <laughs> <laughs> not weirdos, entrepreneurs. Go being oh, an entrepreneur. <laughs> um master of your own fate. Uh If they really care about this, I would say they should shop with some of the uh, brands that really care about their reputation and have been working on this issue for a long time. Um, And some of them might be surprising, but H&M was one of the first brands to have a chemical policy, a safe chemical policy. And they're over in Europe like advocating for better, uh, like an overhaul of even Europe's chemical management policy so that. It's, you know, they're saying like, we shouldn't have perfluorinated chemicals in our stuff. Perfluor- they're the forever chemicals. It's a whole other topic, but that, you know, that's a good company to go to, um, you know, but there's other children's brands that don't care about this. And I would say that like ordering, I know it's super tempting to go on Amazon and get something cheap overnighted, but it is... That is such a risky move. I mean, this never happens because, again, like hardly anybody's checking this stuff. But I saw last year that this brand sold on Amazon had to recall a bunch of children's shoes because they had a toxic chemical. And then I forget which chemical. And I looked at the brand and it was like one of those gibberish names yes
0: yes yeah they're <laughs> it's like a drop ship from China type thing yeah
1: exactly and yeah. uh it, like it had just been incorporated like two years before so that's a super risky move if you want to protect your children from hormone disrupting chemicals especially because you will never it's a scary thing you won't know if those like there are certain chemicals that you'll know because they're causing your child's eczema to flare up or they're giving them rashes, but these hormone disrupting chemicals, they're like very silent um, and hidden. You can't see them. Um, and the the full effects of having them around, you know, might not be seen for many years. Um, I mean, the good thing about something like phthalates is that once you do clean out your, your environment, your home environment, plastics from your kitchen, children's shoes, all those different things, like raincoats and such. Um, they just they pee it out. It just comes right out mm, and yeah. your levels can start dropping pretty quickly. Um, it's just it's just hard to do because it is so ubiquitous. But yeah if this is something, especially if you're the type of family that has um where a lot of people have like there's a history of breast cancer or there's a history of eczema, history of allergies, chemical sensitivities. Um, you know, some of these a lot of these autoimmune diseases, things like that, these things tend to group together. If you're the kind of family that sort of struggles to manage some of these chronic health issues, absolutely worth your time to look at what uh what is surrounding your children. And PVC yeah. should be the first thing to go.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even for those folks who, you know, don't have families and are and aren't in that stage of life. I mean, just for your own personal health and wellness, like making sure that you are not purchasing. I mean, fast fashion, There, it, there's so much, you know, damage caused across the world with fast fashion. But, you know, even just thinking about the materials that are going into what you're wearing on your body is just so important. And actually, um, I remember back in the day, I used to work, um, I worked in fashion, I actually sat in front of a sample closet, and off-gassing happened all the time. You talked about off-gassing earlier. And I didn't realize really what was going on. I would get headaches and it was kind of a stressful place to work where I was at. So I thought, well, I'm just having stress headaches, but I kind of realized that it seemed to flare up more when they had that sample closet open. Because Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. this was in the, you know, early, early two thousands, we had lots of, you know, plasticky type things going on from a trend perspective. And, you know, it's just, it's again, one of those like kind of visceral reactions that your body has where it's like, Hey, like, this doesn't smell good. Like, you know, probably not a great thing for me to be breathing in much less like putting on my body. Um, but a question that I have for you all then is for, for, for those who are looking to, especially, um, we get, we get a lot of questions around vegan leather. Um, and you know, people who are trying to not, um, use leather or use, uh, products that they deem to be, you know, harmful to the environment. Um, you could, also probably argue that vegan leather is not great for the environment either since it's made of pvc so maybe what are some other options for people out there when they you know are are looking at purchasing new fashion items
1: yeah so i totally get it If, if you're the kind of person who um does not want to have leather around i understand there are some better options like i said polyurethane also known as pu um is better than PVC. Um, a lot of the sort of new innovative plant-based vegan leathers are usually like a little bit of plant stuff and then, uh, and then combined with polyurethane. So, you know, you've got your deserto, which is the cactus leather that's, you know, cactus combined with polyurethane, um, grape leather, apple leather, uh, that's all combined with polyurethane. Um, it's still plastic. Um, I don't think it lasts as long. Um, it's harder to get it repaired when you take it to the, the shoe repair place. But, um, it, again, it's not as bad as PVC. I mean that, I mean, I don't, in case people think that I'm fear mongering, I will say that, you know, there was, there have been assessments that said, um, there's no safe level of vinyl chloride. This came out in 1979. It was by the International Agency for Research on Cancer. They said there's no evidence that there's an exposure level below which no increased risk of cancer would occur in humans. Um, the chemical industry got involved and started like meddling and getting themselves on a panel at the EPA. And so the EPA ended up sort of taking down its risk level for it. Um, and you know, it was a pretty, it was a pretty big scandal, um, that they were able to do that. So, um, it's been allowed to sort of proliferate without a lot of oversight. Um, that might change, but, um, it's, 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 you just don't want it around you at all. And this is related to not even to phthalates to the, like the vinyl chloride off gassing, which is like part of that new car smell as well. Like you, when you get in a new car and you're like, wow. Okay. Um, so that's, you know, that's, it's, it's pretty bad, but I will say like, if you're looking for vegan leather alternatives, um, polyurethane, some of the plant-based leathers, also EcoCult has a review of all the different vegan leathers. Mm. Um, and so people can find that on EcoCult.com. Um, we go through all of them. We say like how, how they look, whether you can actually buy them because there's a lot of hype before anything is even on the market. Yeah, Um, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. There's some like Everlane has some vegan leather bags out that are made with a pretty sustainable vegan leather alternative. So um, it's out there.
0: Yeah, no, it
1: it is. And you're right. There is
0: also like a delta between something that gets announced in a press release and like whether or not you can actually buy it. So I appreciate you guys talking about that. And listeners, by the way, we talked about Alden's um, book, but we, you know, I don't know if we mentioned Alden is the, you know, I mean, you're the founder of ecocult.com. Um, are you, do you consider yourself the editor in chief as well? I'm sure you do. <laughs> uh, yes, I
1: have. I am the editor in chief. And Love we have, insane. um, we have a, we have a couple, we have several regular contributors. Um, and one yeah. of them actually is uh, sort of, I call her our sensitive skin correspondent or expert mm, correspondent. Yeah. So, she's, uh, she, we're actually starting to test and review a lot of non toxic things like yoga leggings and, um, you know, beauty products to see like if they cause her to have a reaction. So, if anybody's listening who um, struggles with some of these things, uh, they can find some uh, more good information on EcoCult. Yeah,
0: I mean and I love that you're taking that lens to it as well because I think eczema in particular is so prevalent um mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. with with children but also with I mean adults. I mean my husband has horrendous eczema on his hands and it flares up sometimes and sometimes it doesn't and I feel like we as a society haven't really thought too much about how to solve it from a systemic level. It's like, "Oh, here's a topical cream to put on or something like that." And I think, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these autoimmune diseases like you were talking about earlier can be impacted by some of these chemicals that we're coming into interaction with on a daily basis. So just like, whether we're talking about like literally putting some skin cream on your face to see if it, you know, (laughs) is uh, Mm -hmm. flaring up any type of, uh, you know, skin, uh, skin issue, or, you know, what you're wearing, I think it's really important to remember that all of these things can come, you know, and have a, have a factor to play in your overall health. So just something that I hadn't Really thought about, and I love that you're, uh, you know, thinking about that from a, a broader lens on eco
1: yeah, absolutely. And, it, and I also get into all of those connections, uh, in my forthcoming book as well about how you know allergies, if you keep pressing on them without figuring out what's going on, can blossom into certain autoimmune diseases, right? Like you're just yeah. pressing your body so much that it just starts overreacting to things. Um, that's like gross oversimplification, but it, it must be said that like, you know, autoimmune diseases can be super mysterious. Like why are they coming up? What, Where did they come from? But a lot of that mystery comes from the fact that we just don't know what we're surrounded by and what we're exposed to. And especially when it comes to fashion, right? Like beauty products, um, beauty products have ingredient lists, cleaning products have ingredient lists, food has ingredient lists, but fashion, this thing that you're wearing uh-huh. against your skin, for most of us, 24-7, um, it does not come with an ingredient list. And it can be up to 8% by weight, just finishes and dies.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's... You're right. We it would be nice for us to have an ingredient list. And of course, it I mean be. some some places will list, you know, what what the makeup is, you know, and but you know what they do it. They don't really do it to uh, you know, be overly transparent. I think they do it for wash care, right? <laughs> That's why the, yeah, the, the a little
1: bit. But I you know, I will say, you know, there are some bright spots. Um so now that I've thoroughly scared everybody, <laughs> um, there are some bright spots. So um the reason why I there's more information out there about some of this stuff is um, because California has prop 65. Um, You might recognize prop 65 as the reason why so many things come with this label that say like in the state of California, like, you know, this is known to like have, you know, carcinogenic or reproductive toxic chemicals. Um, I forget the exact wording. And sometimes it can feel like it's on everything, but it's not on everything. And um if a so so this prop 65 in California it doesn't ban uh this long list of chemicals it just says if you're selling a product that has one of these chemicals in it and you don't say so and you don't warn the consumer you can get you get a notice and then you can get sued so there's a lot of companies that don't want to put this label on there and so they have two choices they can try to skate right and just not label it and hope nobody notices because testing is very expensive or they can go to the, like they can make sure it's not in there, get it tested and then they can not have the label on there. And then they can also say, we don't have this stuff in there. So absolutely. Yeah. So that's actually done a lot. Like the reason why I know that there are still phthalates in you know, children's products and adult PVC products, um, that are available at places like Walmart and, um, you know, lots of different places, um, is because you can go to the prop 65 website and look up, um, what products have been found to have phthalates because there's all these advocacy Mm -hmm. organizations getting them tested and you can see where they're showing up. Um, and then those brands either need to put a label on it, or they need to agree to get the stuff out of their products. So um, and California is a huge economy. So yes, if a brand wants to sell in California, they're just going to do this for all of the United States. So um, that's pretty great. Yeah, no, that is awesome. And it, it is an example
0: of, like one, you know, particular, I guess, area of the country who really feels strongly about this, like, being able to create change for everybody, so I think that's great. Well, Alden, it's been so amazing talking to you. I feel like we could probably talk about this for for multiple hours. Um, but you know, closing up the episode, I'm curious to know a little bit. Um, you know, from your perspective, you know, sitting you know at the, the helm at Eco Colt, and then also coming out with this new book. I mean, like, what's exciting you most about the conversation that's going on in this space right now?
1: Yeah. So I think um, I think people are waking up to this. You know, I think we were sort of placated for a long time, but you know, between uh between the Ohio train derailment and a lot of what people are discussing about in terms of the PFAS, the forever chemicals and how they're contaminating our water, I think there's a lot of momentum going to say like, look, this isn't an individual consumer problem, right? Like I don't yeah. want especially women to walk away from this conversation or reading my book and think, okay, another thing that I need to handle all on my own, like this is a society wide problem. And I think people are waking up to the fact that if we're going to fix this, we need to fix it for everybody and that we deserve more protection from our government, from these things. And brands need to also take responsibility for what they put in their products. So that's super, super exciting for me. Um, it, gonna feel like it's worse before it gets better but that's only because people are talking about it um and the more we can talk about it and the more research we can get that makes this an unavoidable problem the the closer we get to banning it getting it out of our products and making so that you can go you can buy any children's product without being a chemist without spending more and you just know that it's safe for your child and safe for you
0: yeah, I, I totally agree. I can't wait for that day to come. And I love that you end us with a positive note, because you're right. I mean, you, nobody should feel like they've got to just add this to their list or, you know, their cups are already full and everything like that. So, you know, what we can do, like you mentioned, is, you know, talk to our legislators, push for change from that perspective, support brands that are doing things better. um, and then just listen, listen to the this podcast, read uh, the book that you've come out, just educate ourselves a little bit more about these issues and then be able to speak to them a little bit better maybe if um you know a, a friend had a question you might be able to answer that and you know just uh, starting uh, you know casual conversations about pvc <laughs> yeah absolutely well thank right, you so well, much laura then. this
1: has been amazing yeah thanks so much
0: joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You'll find us on almost everything at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together, so have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.